We're in week four of Advent. I have to keep telling myself in my head, not three, week four, four candles, week four of Advent. Advent's the season of waiting, of longing, of expectation, of waiting for Jesus' arrival. And we reflect on both his first coming as the newborn king, but then we also look ahead as we long for his second coming, as he promised in his word when he will come again to make all things right. And in this week four of our series, Hark, we have been waiting and waiting and waiting as we approach Christmas. And it's almost here, but it's not here yet. And like a kid, counting down the days, waiting to open presents, we can hardly take it. We grow antsy and anxious. And part of the agony of waiting is this idea that we are powerless to do anything except to wait. We've been looking at our favorite Christmas carols during this series. And this week we're looking at O Come All Ye Faithful, a song that was originally written in Latin. It was attributed to quite a few different authors, but no one actually knows who for sure is the original author of it. It dates back into the 1700s, and, and through all the different authors and editions and the setting it to tune, it has become what is one of our favorite songs. I know it's one of my very personal favorite songs. And as I think about Advent, as we grow weary and tired of waiting, we are comforted that this song helps give us eyes to see that waiting does not need to be a passive activity. We know the old wisdom, a watch pot never boils. Has anyone actually tried to do that? Watch a pot come to boil? Has anyone done that? I mean, I have. It turns out it does eventually boil, but it feels like a long time. Just uh, for instance, if you were to do that, it will feel like, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes go by, and then it finally starts to boil. If you decide to put a pot of water on your stove, and you're going to do something else, like I'm going to just fold a quick load of laundry, and by the time I'm done, my water will boil. If you're like me, you've done that, and you've gotten distracted enough, you come back and you realize, oh no, my water has boiled down, and then you need to add more water and wait for that to boil. That's happened time and time again for me, mostly when I make ramen noodles. Or it's like this, this idea of waiting. When you're waiting for the Amazon truck to come, you could sit and stare out your window all day long. And you will eventually drive yourself crazy because the day you decide to do that is the day you are the very last stop from Amazon. They come at 8 p.m. and you wasted your day waiting and it felt like the longest day ever. Or if you instead chose to go about your day not worrying about that package to arrive, you will be thrilled and surprised when it finally comes. And chances are it will probably come earlier than expected. So we've been waiting for Christmas, waiting for the arrival of the king, but waiting does not need to be passive. We talked about last week how we can prepare room in our hearts to receive Christ. And while we read and we wait on the journey of Mary and Joseph and the coming of the newborn king, we recognize we have our own journey to embark on as well. Just as Christ is coming near to us, we 
have the invitation to come near to Christ. So if you are tired of waiting, we can take up the wisdom of this song and actively pursue Christ. We know the refrain, oh come, let us adore him. An invitation for all of the faithful, all that call themselves followers of Christ to come joyful and triumphant to behold our King. To come and adore him, for he is Christ our Lord. We can wait passively, or we can take an active stance and approach the coming king. Kind of reminds me of the father in the parable of the prodigal son who actively looks, is searching for his son's return with no promise that he will come, but he is looking day in, day out. And as soon as he sees him off in the distance, he runs towards him to meet him there. We look for Christ. And at the first sign, we run to him in adoration. It also reminds me of the biblical account of the wise men, which we'll look at together right now. This is found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. I invite you to turn with me to it if you have your Bibles with you. The words will also be on your screen. This is the word of the Lord. It says this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. Now about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. But King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law, and he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Well, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. It says this, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. And then Herod, uh, excuse me, Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem, search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. <laughs> liar, liar, pant on fire, Herod. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. This is the reading of the Lord, to whom we give thanks. There's a ton of interesting stuff in there, and we're not going to parse it all out uh, this morning, but for the purposes of today, I want us to consider these men. These men that the Bible, the authors of the Gospels call wise. They see this star, and they know and have interpreted. It's a sign that Jesus has been born. The new king has been born. And this is the crazy thing. These men came from far off lands, okay? And they saw the star, and so they want to go. 
Now, unlike every manger scene that has ever been made, we actually believe that they likely didn't arrive to find Jesus until he was like a year or two old. See, Mary and Joseph and Jesus lived in Bethlehem for just a short time before they had to flee to Egypt. So they had to travel from these far-off lands, and it was hundreds and hundreds of miles. They had to go a long distance. They saw the star. They traveled to Jerusalem with the expressed purpose of finding the newly born king so that they may worship him. They're sent on their way. Herod, we, we know as we read on the story, he's up to no good. He has a bad plan in place, but God is faithful and, and works through it. But still, he's up to no good. But these men, they follow the star, and that star guides them to Jesus. And the Bible says, when they saw the star stop over the place that child was, they were filled with joy all the hope, all the longing, all the desire, they have found the place. <laughs> they set before them, and they look at it, and they know Jesus is there. So they're overjoyed because they are in proximity of the king. They were close. And we are close to Christmas as well, friends. It's almost here. Are we able to approach this Christmas with joy in our hearts? Are we able to rejoice in the season knowing and trusting our God is close? When the wise men saw the child, they bowed down and worshiped him, just as they set out to do all that time ago. They anticipated and they expected to worship Christ. So they set out and journeyed to find him. They traveled many hundreds of miles to see Jesus. And when they did, with joy in their hearts and worship on their lips, they expressed their adoration to Christ the King by giving him gifts. This is so different than the approach that we will often take today where a lot of times we expect God to come and look for us and to find us and to give us gifts, which we know he does. But those who are wise, we still seek and worship and give back to Jesus today. Not for what we can get from him, but for who he is. As it says in Hebrews eleven six, God reveals himself to those who seek him and rewards them with faith. So just like these wise men, we may come and adore the newborn king. In Advent, we talk about God drawing near to us, that we are awaiting his arrival, him coming close. But today, it's more about our action of us drawing close to God, to expect Christ, because he came at Christmas just as he promised. He will come again and make things right, just as he promised, because his word is true. God, he's batting a thousand on keeping his promises. We can trust that he is, through his spirit, right here and right now, close to us, as we draw close to him. Our God's one who always draws near. And as a God who desires us 
to be like him, we receive this beautiful invitation to actively pursue him as we await his arrival. To take up the invitation to come and adore him. Thinking about that word adore, it's a pretty strong word, isn't it? Adore. We don't use it a whole lot. Uh, you could even say it's a stronger uh, expression of love, right? I could say, I love chocolate. Okay. I could say, I adore chocolate. Whoa. You know, my buddy Bob is here this morning singing. I could say, I love Bob. Loves Bob. Love Bob. That's fine. I could say, I adore Bob. Whoa. That seems a little weird. <laughs> Sorry, Carla. <laughs> I adore Bob. It's a little weird. It's a strong word to express our love, our gratitude, our appreciation. It has a level of awe to it, to adore. It's to be in awe. And when we consider God, all he is, all God has done, all God is going to do, we cannot help but be filled with adoration for him. There is no one better. There is no greater gift than the one that we have already received in our Lord. And so the present that we can give to God is our presence. And in the presence of the Lord, we find our peace. Though the world may shake and may the future, it might be unclear when we are close to Christ, we are standing on the firm foundation and we have an everlasting and heavenly peace. A peace that surpasses all else. To build off of last week, this year, maybe more than most, some of us probably feel like a bit of a mess, right? Like, uh, I kind of have this image that in March, we just kind of, we were standing at the top of this hill and we tripped and we've been just tumbling our way down this huge hill ever since. And, and we're just tumbling and following our way towards Christmas. And this song invites the faithful to come and to adore him. But what if this season, we just don't feel very faithful what if we feel like our prayer life has kind of been in shambles? Or what if we feel like our faith has been wavering because of this year? What if our walk with Christ has slowed and just become very passive? In the difficulty of this, this year, maybe we've noticed we have felt some things and we have said some things. A bitterness has creeped out of us that has taken root within us. And it's revealed to us the brokenness within us we maybe were blind to before. And so we feel, come all you faithful, is that me this year? God's goodness, God's goodness is not dependent upon our faithfulness. So if we do not feel worthy enough, if we are not feeling good enough, I implore you to come anyway, because this is for you. 
God is for you. Approach your God, your King, your Savior with all your struggle. Bring it with you because when we struggle, he doesn't push us away. He invites us closer. If you feel like you haven't taken steps forward in your faith this year, or maybe you feel like you've taken a few steps back, the good news is the most important step you can take, it's not the ones you've missed, it's the one that is ahead of you. The most important step you can take is simply the next one. And Christmas is almost here. So step towards your God. Bring your mess. Bring your burdens because he will take it from you. He will meet you in that space. Because when we mess up royally and we're afraid of how God might respond, he draws us in with his forgiveness, with his love, with his mercy. When we are hurt, when we are broken down, when we feel the weight of the world on us, we can remember that he has promised us that these earthly burdens, while real, very real and painful, they are temporary. And his peace is everlasting. His peace is coming. It will last and persist forever and ever and ever. And the God of the angel armies declared peace, and he proclaimed it to the shepherds on a hillside more than 2,000 years ago. And when they proclaimed glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. No matter what you are feeling, no matter what you are going through, it does not disqualify you from God's love. It does not disqualify you from receiving his peace. He sees you, he knows you, and with you he is pleased. He has declared over you peace so we might receive his peace. If you find yourself in that place today, what's the next step? Simply to stack back towards God. His forgiveness awaits. His mercy awaits. His love awaits. His grace awaits for you. And he will be gracious to you, and he will show you the next steps. We have responsibility in this life to take ownership over our actions, but he is gracious, and he is here for us. So no matter what you are feeling, we can approach him. We can approach him with adoration because he adores us no matter what. And he showed this by coming in the first place, by drawing near in the first place. Our team here this morning is about to sing a song. It's called, O Come, All You Unfaithful. It's a slight turn, a slight rip on the song that we all know. Oh, come all you faithful. Come all you unfaithful. And so we want to sing this song, and I would invite you to enter into a prayerful posture and allow this to be an opportunity to adore that Christ has come. And you can be reminded that he loves you. Come, all you faithful, and come, 
all you unfaithful, whoever you are, whatever you're feeling, you may come because Christ adores you. He brings with him his love. He has come, and with him he brings an everlasting and eternal peace. Praise be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you do draw near to us. We give you thanks that <laughs> throughout all creation, throughout all of history, there has been this war with sin where your creation has grappled with sin and with being faithful to you. And that through it all, your goodness persists. Your love overcomes all and you invite us in and offer escape from the realities and brokenness of sin. Lord, we reflect this morning on who you are while also reflecting on where we are at in our faith journey today. And we ask, Lord, by the power of your Spirit that you reveal to us the step before us. We long and desire to step towards you in faith with adoration in our hearts. We look ahead to Christmas and what we celebrate. And when we consider Christmas, we consider the cross and the empty tomb. And we can't help but adore you, Lord. We pray now that as we rest in your presence, that you reveal to us all that we need to hear this morning. And we give you thanks for your promises that endure forever. It's in Jesus' name we pray.